Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Check out the new sporty and spacious Renault Arcana in petrol and full hybrid. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. Good afternoon. This is Irene Gahan sitting in for Jerry Kelly on the late lunch today. And our next guest that we have is called Martin Smith. And him and his wife Caroline have been campaigning for babies who were born before 20 weeks to be acknowledged by the Irish government since they lost their only son Stephen at just under 21 weeks. Martin, hi. Good afternoon. Hi, Irene. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Not at all. Not at all. So. You have a, a, a group that you're after getting together, um, a, a sort of support group that you have called Failacorn. Fail I've terrible Irish. Failacorn. Failacorn. <laughs> Failacorn. Failacorn. And it actually means butterfly, I believe. It does indeed. Yeah, that's their uh, their symbol as well. They use that as, a, as their symbol. It's kind of it's apt for. I think the old Irish used to think the butterflies were souls of the people of the past. Oh, that's beautiful. And you've been campaigning then for this law change um, for a long, long time, and it's part of the sort of mandate of the the community group that you the group that you've set up, the support group that's been set up. Yeah, um, well, for ourselves, um, since that awful day, um, we didn't know Failcon existed or any of this stuff was was even a thing. And generally, nobody does until it happens to them. So, uh, on the day, Caroline uh, woke up in the middle of the night with pain. We went into the hospital, brought two kids with us. Uh, unfortunately, we're told there was no heartbeat. So um, next day, Stephen was delivered. Um, we were then told, well, oh, um, you're going to have to bury your child, which is one of the worst things that ever happened. And then it's, um, it turns out there's there's limits set to um, when the government will recognize that it was a baby or not. So I had this child here in my hand that was outside of those limits. So I thought that, or myself and Karen thought that was not right. So yeah. we looked to change it. So at the minute, the, the limits are set to, the child has to be at least 24 weeks and and or 500 grams. Uh, so if it's born before those limits without showing signs of life, it's not recognised by the state. Okay, and so, is that just in Ireland? Yes, as okay. far as I know. There is, there's different limits everywhere else, but that's the, the medical definition for a stillbirth is after those limits. 
I mean, that must be absolutely. Oh gosh, my heart goes yeah. out. It's, you know, for any fa- for any parent for if you know for any new parent to go through. And this was during COVID as well. So you had a you had the uh, added. This was, was twenty fifteen. We when it, when Stephen was born. Yeah. And so they basically this group has really helped you and your wife through it. But did you feel that the group was more aimed towards women or was it aimed towards, the, you know, the couple in general or? I think the Felicon tried to, to cover everybody. Um, yeah. But men, I was, I was just talking to Caroline about this, men grieve differently to women. Yeah. Men are societally expected to be the strong ones. They're expected to be there and be the backbone while everybody else grieves and deals with it and it's kind of even for myself I, I felt that way for me that I needed to be there for everybody else and it wasn't until maybe two years later yeah. that it actually hit me and I said even that if I if somebody had given me a card with somebody's number on it say to, to call when that hit hit home yeah. it would have been very helpful but like it, the Felicon Fathers came about there was uh, another uh, father of a deceased child went uh, abroad to England and there's a the Sands is the, would be the Felicon equivalent over there. It's the stillbirth and neonatal death charity over there. And they have football teams for all the fathers to join, and they play a league between themselves. There's teams all over England. And he kind of came back to ourselves here, to Felicon in Ireland, and said, well, do you have a team and we could get a match going and get some uh, get some fundraising going as well? And it's uh, that's where it all kicked off. So a group just got together and said, right, we'll start organising training and trying to get a match together going but again that's when COVID hit and <laughs> it all got postponed for good long. Yeah I mean you must be very strong now to talk about to be able to talk about it now but having someone to talk about is, is obviously is just hugely important and I mean the, how many other people are in the group how many that the football team how many other people how many other men are in the, the football group that you're in? So the, originally there was about 35 signed okay. up to play the first match and of course over COVID some dropped off but unfortunately there's there's never going to be a shortage of people shortage of men wanting to join because it's, it's an ongoing thing so it's, it's we do we, we go down and train once a month up in uh, Irish Town there in Rings End in Dublin and everybody's welcome um, they may not get to play this match but they can put their name down for the next one or I think one of the main reasons we're doing this is so that Men have somewhere to go to be around people who've been through the same experiences themselves. Yeah. And it's if they want to come and talk, they can. If they don't, there's no pressure. We don't sit down and have a huddle afterwards and go, okay, talk about your feelings. If you want to talk, it's it's kind of like, I find it hard to talk to people who haven't been through it because they don't know what to say. Like, what mm-hmm. do you say to somebody who says, I lost my son? You don't know, and you try to you do your best, but the people who've been through it know what it's like and they can support no, yeah it's there's the support there automatically and it's whether it's spoken or unspoken we're just there yeah I'd imagine it would be a very emotive subject and people would find it very 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 difficult to kind of to even approach yeah. or even to know how to help um, or support anyone and as you say particularly for men I mean it's it's a they grieve as you say they grieve very very differently very very differently to women um, and I mean even being on here I was just saying you're, you're very strong to be able to talk about it now but having being able to support others that would go through it the same it's it's, it's really really admirable yeah but, but we all know how hard it was and nobody wants it for anybody but there's comfort in People haven't gone through the same thing, so it's like as I say, there's there's no pressure on anybody to talk. But if anybody has gone through it and would just like to 
hang out, kick a ball around with fellas who've been through the same thing, they're all welcome down. And are they from all over Ireland, the, the men that are on yeah, the team? Oh, okay. all over. There's Cork. The lads travel up from Cork and fair play to them just for kicking the ball around for a couple of hours and then go home afterwards. But yeah, it's, it's countrywide. We were looking at maybe holding it, uh, holding a match down there in Cork uh, just to stop having those guys coming up. But uh, it, was, it was all put on postponed and COVID hit. So we're, we're kind of just getting back up and running and we're... Yeah. Trying to get this match out of the way first, and then we'll look at. And you feel what do you feel you've got from it? I mean, what do you? I know you're you're in the middle of organising all this, but what do you feel that you've got from the group, and how how do you feel that it's kind of helped you? Yeah, I, it, it was even just going in talking with the guys in there and okay. getting their experiences and comparing them, not comparing with my own, but just it's an outlet, a non-judgmental outlet where you can just say whatever's there, even if it is kind of saying, "Well, I was expected to do this for my wife and." What did you feel the same way? And it's just you can talk about anything you want, and even stuff that maybe your wife or your partner wouldn't possibly. You might think in your head they wouldn't understand it. Yeah. You're saying, "Well, how can you understand where I'm coming from? I'm expected to do this, and you're not." That kind of thing. Absolutely. It's just I found it easy to t- easier to talk to people who've been through it themselves. Yeah, I know it's 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 good. Oh, so when is this match? Um, when is yeah. this match taking place? It was meant to be 2020 in May, which was the exact start of the last lockdown. So uh, it's been it's back to 25th of June now at three o'clock in Dalyman Park in Phipsborough. And uh, that's wonderful. And all proceeds then will go directly to the group. Yeah, that's it. There's it's free in. Um, everybody's welcome. There's going to be ice cream vans and bouncy castles for the kids, flags for everybody for the the home team. Um, everybody's welcome if they want to give a donation on the day. The more they're welcome to. But it's just going to be a, a fun family day and everybody to remember our, our, our lost angels. Yeah. And where um, where is the legislation at now? So, I mean, obviously you've been campaigning for this for quite a while now. So where does the legislation stand at the moment in Ireland? Right now, nothing has changed. Um, okay. We started, uh, we made contact with Regina Doherty, who was the Minister for Social Protection at the time. And she was very receptive and we're still in contact with her at the minute. Uh, she was unfortunately, unfortunately lost her seat in the last election. But she's in the Shannon at the minute now. So... Um, we've been in close contact with herself and we're trying to talk to Heather Humphreys and Damien English who would be dealing with it now but we're, we're not making much progress at the minute so we're, we're, we're looking at maybe bringing a private member's bill or something like that to just make some change along the way but uh, we're not going to give up um, yeah. <laughs> we set our mind to something we, we keep at it until we, we get but, some change Well it'll be a great support and comfort to families who are actually going through that and to parents who are actually going through that knowing that somebody's fighting their corner as I say, most people will never have heard of it. It's only when somebody actually goes through it and then you see that this, oh, we think it's unacceptable. So we're going to keep going until we get it changed. No, that's absolutely admirable. And um, we wish you the very, very best of luck. So that match um, and family day out takes place in Dublin's Daily Mount Park on the 25th of June at 3pm. Um, Martin, thank you so much for sharing your story, which is incredibly emotional. And um, we wish you the very, very best of luck. And hopefully some changes will be will come about soon now in the legislation for you. Thanks very much, Irene. Take care, Martin. We'll be back after the break. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Talk to our van specialist, Danny, about the new Renault traffic and master range. Visit blackstonemotors.ie to see our massive range of light commercials with same-day business finance. Now, we had a lady on the show yesterday, Nicola, who is co-author of a book called The 25 Challenges to Do Before You're 12. 
So Louise and I thought we'd have our own little 25 challenges to do before you're 21. So Louise, we have our list. Well, I'm just reading your list. Uh, oh, don't go by my list. Yeah. Very impressive, I have to say. I don't think even think I've done I'm not even going to mention half of them, please. <laughs> They're very impressive. Run a 10k? No. Uh, crowd surf? Yeah, I've done that. Wow. Yes, yes. That was one of my big ambition. That was a, that was U2 Zeropa. It was my ambition to crowd surf and get pulled out at a U2 concert. And I managed it on my 21st birthday. Go yeah. me. I know if I just tried to do that, the crowd would just... <laughs> Park like the Red Sea. And I just go straight down on my face. But um, I think there is. There is there is things you should, you should, you know, kind of look to do. Well, the one thing I did, and it's not as impressive as your list, but I'm very proud of it. I did. I jumped into a taxi and said, follow that car. No way. It, Yes, very, very. The taxi driver turned around and says, I've always wanted that said to me. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love yeah, it. And it was just very simple. I just happened to be going to my aunt's house and I jumped into the taxi and I noticed, he says, where to? And I noticed her car ahead and I just went, follow that car. You probably thought you were after some, <laughs> you were on some adventure. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was on the run or something. I know. On the chase. So on our list, the first on the list, um, I think that's on a lot of lists, was to travel somewhere solo. Now, I absolutely love travelling solo. It is one thing I absolutely love doing and I've always loved doing it. But quite a lot of people wouldn't travel no, solo. I wouldn't do it. Would you not travel solo? No, I just about go to the shop on my own. <laughs> Um, well, last year I was uh, last year I did uh, kind of my own Bear Grylls adventure, and I took off around Iceland on my own um, mm. in September, which was absolutely fabulous and, and wonderful. And I did do one of my bucket list adventures while I was there, so that was on my list for a long, long time. So I flew over a volcano oh, in a wow. helicopter. And I have never been more terrified in my entire <laughs> Bring a few marshmallows li- to the, toast. <laughs> oh, I didn't eat for six hours that before I took off and we took off in really high winds. So I that was just a big thing on my bucket list. Absolutely big thing on my bucket list. So if there's anybody out there who has managed to do something that was always on their bucket list, let us know. Absolutely. The madder the better. <laughs> go and for it. We better go into news now. It'll be given out to us. We're back back after the news. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drawdad and Dawkin Cabin. We're still having fun with the buttons in here. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Now, on the line, we have Helen Dwyer, um, who owns the beautiful women's boutique, My Generation, in Southgate. Helen, hi, how are you? Hello, Irene. I'm good, thank you. Welcome to the show. So you're over in Southgate now nearly three years, maybe four years now at this stage. It's, yeah, we opened October 2018. Uh, so we're at three and a half years now. Um, going really strong, um, considering we've had a tough two years of COVID. But um, all the customers have come back. They're loving what we're doing. And it's it's a good success story for me so far. Yeah, it really is beautiful. I've been over there a few times and it really is beautiful and it's beautifully done up and styled and interiors and it looks and it really looks bright. I saw it the other day. Colours everywhere. So I take it colours are in, colours are back. Colours are back. So um, I suppose the trends for summer has really been strong colours. Okay. So you've got your your hot pinks with mango. Mango has been a huge colour this season. And then you kind of go with your greens and oranges and then kind of on the more neutral scale of things, pale blues with lilacs and whites. So it's very feminine, very floaty, um, that kind of look and feel, um, especially around weddings, communions, confirmations. People are looking for stuff that they can wear again. So it's not about your typical occasion wear anymore. It's about 
getting use out of the, out of the dress that you wear that you can dress it up or dress it down for any occasion. Absolutely. And there's an awful lot of, I think, there's communions and confirmations and we're back into weddings again. So parties yeah. are all back on. So, you, you know, you want, to be able, you want to be able to get maybe a few occasions out of something. Exactly. And people, you know, because everybody's, you know, embracing going out again, people are coming in looking just for something to wear for, for going out for dinner because that's seen as a special occasion now. It's not just about events. So, you know, people want to update their wardrobe and feel special when they're finally getting out again and, and socialising. So that means I have to get out of my jeans and a T-shirt, which is probably exactly. what I wear seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> and then one of the trends I think you were we were talking about before, uh, one of the trends is separate. So you were saying that you can buy yeah. maybe a few pieces and then mix and match. I thought that was exactly. a great idea. Yeah, so we'll see now that the the kind of dress season will start um, the, the, I suppose the more dressy dress season will start um, kind of going back into going into separates now and as the sun starts coming out people will be more into wearing little skirts and t-shirts and tops and then stuff to go with their jeans um, so we'll see a lot more um, emphasis on, on separate dressing um, as the season goes on but we've also got beautiful little strappy sundresses and the thing as well the big thing I really worked on prices so you can come in here and pick up a dress from 49 euro or a top from 35 euro so it's not all about expensive pieces that you've got to invest in anymore you'll get good quality I'll always make sure that the quality of of the you know the the garment is second to none but the price is very keen as well so don't don't be alarmed or afraid to come in and have a look we'll help you find something for your pocket and where are we on jeans? jeans, jeans <laughs> I like my mammy's jeans. <laughs> the is going nowhere. Um, but the boot cut has been back. Um, okay. We've sold out of all our boot cut jeans. Wow. And luckily enough, I've bought, I've secured more stock for autumn. Um, but there's also what they call the girlfriend's jeans. So it's slightly more relaxed fit. Um, it's not as baggy as what they call the boyfriend jean. But it's in between a skinny and a more straight leg. So that's been really popular, sold out of that nearly as well. But again, I'm waiting on a delivery. So just nice, relaxed jeans to wear with your T-shirt and your little kind of leather jacket or something like that. Yeah, your jeans, I mean, jeans just, just they're just permanently in we, fashion. Yeah, we do a brand called Liverpool, um, which I, I would um, highly recommend for their quality, their, you know, their, their sustainability. They last if you look after them. Big thing about jeans is don't put fabric conditioner in the wash with your jeans because the elastane, the, the elastane in it uh, won't last. So make sure you, you take care of them, you wash them on a cool wash, you don't tumble dry them and your jeans will last for you. Because if you're going to invest 95 to 100 euro in a pair of jeans here, you know, you want them to last you a couple of years and they will if you look after them. Oh, okay, that's good to know. I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't know that yeah. about the fabric softener. I'm just throw everything in and go yeah, for it. Yeah, no, you need to look after your jeans. <laughs> okay. And then... Like, is there any one? I know the way some summers we have specific colours, and then we go into the autumn, and then the autumn colours, and and you know we have obviously the colours for every kind of season, as it were. So, yeah. like, what are you seeing? I mean, I, it's a riot of colours in the shop. I love it. It's absolutely gorgeous. But are there any kind of you know specific colours that are kind of in? Yeah, or well, just across the board. If you're continuing, yeah, if you're continuing into the autumn, yeah. um, it's still a lot of colour around. 
bright reds, but black will make a big comeback this year because we expect there to be more occasions this winter. Um, but also metallics and foils and um, yeah. iridescent and that kind of look, because again, we're expecting a bigger Christmas. So people are in the party mood, but that's going to be huge again um, for this year. Wasn't we didn't, really, we didn't really buy into it last year because we were still a little bit nervous of going out. But I think this year... I've really bought into it and I think customers will still see fabulous colours in the shop and it won't be your dull kind of, I've steered away from browns and beiges and things like that because again with the Irish skin tone, it's not, you know, unless you're really tanned, it doesn't really work. So we've kind of gone strong on the colour again. Because that's what I was going to say. So that's what I was just wondering. Are we going, are we going back out again? Are we getting back into party season? Are we making an event, an occasion of it? We're making an occasion of Anything Every- these days, <laughs> yeah. So Dressing up to go to the shopping or, centre. <laughs> it, it, that is exactly it. People wore leggings for two years, leggings and hoodies for two years, and they just don't want to wear that anymore. So, mm. you know, we, we have fabulous little summer dresses that, you know, retail from, as I said, 49. We have a range called Sugar Hill. Um, you'll, you'll get a fabulous little summer dress for 69 euro. Put a pair of trainers on with it and go and do your shopping. And you'll look fab and you'll feel great. You I like to stick tra- a pair of heels on and go for dinner. I like the trainers. I like the trainers idea. I, I do like my yeah. comfort. Idea. And I don't know, I, I don't know if many people are, they must be, either people are dying to get back into their heels after being, uh, going through COVID or they're people dying to stay are, in their flats. They're, they're, yeah, they're a little bit scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think a wedge is an easy transition. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good <laughs> yeah. bit of advice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wedges rather than going back into our, to our, uh, to our high heels. Yeah. That's it. So we've got, and then, on it. So when do you buy? When do you know what the colours are going to be kind of coming down the line? Yeah. So so six months in advance. So I have already done all my buying for autumn. Uh, autumn will start coming into the store uh, July, August. And I bought that in January, February. Wow. So um, everything is, is pre-bought. I, I, the most of the, the, the stuff that I buy um, is six months in advance. And when it's in, I buy one of each size. When it's gone, it's gone. So if you see something you love up on Instagram or Facebook, come in quickly and get it because it will be gone. The other ranges I buy that are a little bit more fast fashion, we would call them the likes of Dancing Leopard. I have a new range that just arrived today called Girl in Mind. Very keen prices. Um, they're, They're readily available within a couple of weeks. Right, you okay. literally order those ranges in every every week or two and just brings in newness to the store all the time. But again, keen, and the quality is great for the prices. So, yeah. you know, it's it's mainly bought, bought in advance, yeah. Well, the idea, I suppose, of getting one in each size and then at least, you, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed not to, not to arrive at an event mm-hmm. because I don't know if you saw on, on the TV, on the uh, social media there about last week, God love her, Queen Letitia of Spain. She had this beautiful dress yeah. on. Uh, half of, I don't know how to even describe it. So it's kind of block colour. Half was black and half was white. And she was presenting this award to this lady who had arrived in the exact same dress. Um, so I think if you're if you're only getting them in individual, you know, in different sizes, and once they're gone, they're gone. You're that, that chance of that happening well, now will be slim. Exactly. And the thing I'd say is, if it does happen, make sure you get a good photo opportunity and you put it up on Instagram. Absolutely. It just went. It went. Yeah. It went viral, and fair play to them. Died. Exactly. They yeah. had a good laugh of it. It was. Yeah. Well, and then you're basically expanding now, which is great. Yeah, so, which is really, really exciting. good. 
going in a different direction. Okay. Um, my my plan when I originally opened was to, you know, have a couple of my generations. But, you know, the, the, there is quite, you know, in every town there are some great boutiques and there's no point in me trying to go in and do what somebody else is doing well already. So um, what I decided, you know, I had a look around and I said, actually, there is no children's shop in um, Drogheda, nowhere to go and buy baby gifting, you know, nowhere to go and buy occasion wear for your your little one. So um, my generation is expanding to my generation kids. And so exciting here. Yeah, I'm very, very excited because it's opening here in Southgate um, as per usual, kind of a little bit of going back and forth. But I'm hoping to open towards the end of August, earlier if I can. Um, the ranges that I'm going to stock will be everything from entry price point, like we do here in my generation, up to what you can buy in Brown Thomas. So um, brands like Name It, uh, which is a really good brand that used to be in Scotch Hall. It's a Danish brand, beautiful quality, but great prices um, on all of their their their, their little garments. Um, we'll do brands some of you might have heard of. Um, a big one, is Lausan and Baby Ball, Levi's um, for kids, just so cute. Um, Mayoral, which everybody has heard of and everybody asked me to get in, so thankfully I have that. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, yeah, so so lots of really cool brands Perfect. and um, baby gifting as well, which is huge. So hampers, um, accessories for babies, um, all it, sorts of things you might need. It sounds like you've got a lot of work ahead of you to get that organised, Helen. Absolutely, yes. Come here. I'm very excited. We wish you the very, very best of luck. Helen, thank you so much for joining us. That's Helen You're Dwyer welcome. from My Generation in Southgate and we'll be back after the break. Thank you. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. With rising fuel costs, there's never been a better time to own the fully electric Renault Zoe and save thousands. New and nearly new options available. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. We have Leo Donovan, um, who is the CEO of We Ireland, um, on the line with us. Good afternoon, Leo. How are you? Good afternoon, Irene. How are things? Not too bad, not too bad. Now, I was slightly horrified by some of these statistics <laughs> I'm, a, I'm big into my recycling so I was kind of concerned when I saw these re- these kind of statistics coming in apparently young consumers are being urged to stop binning used batteries as a new survey reveals almost half of 18 to 34 year olds are tossing them in the trash yeah it was a surprise to ourselves we did an empathy research uh, study there over a thousand people covering all the age groups, you know, and uh, the stats came back uh, showing that, look, and they were honest, I suppose, in saying that, look, yeah, about half the, the younger population between 1834 uh, are trashing their... Um, their, their batteries and uh, like we're concerned obviously there's a, a young generation coming through that are very eco-friendly and environmentally friendly uh, individuals but uh, just it's a real call out uh, to, to the younger population to, to make the effort uh, and even small items like batteries you know all, all count towards uh, a better environment going forward. Yeah I mean there are obviously environmental and safety hazards um, sort of with the inc- you know correct disposal of batteries it's it's you know there is a there's definitely a safety hazard there i mean it's not something we we want to have i mean it's i can imagine from your perspective it must be quite frustrating that you know you would imagine that people would know at this point that you don't throw out your batteries that it's not something that's break down it's not recyclable um and what kind of damage can they do i mean having batteries obviously you know recycling throwing them into the general waste what kind of things um would you see then 
Yeah, well, first of all, Leo, particularly a lot of the newer batteries are lithium batteries. Yeah. Uh, and lithium is a very inflammable uh, chemical. And you'll, you'll notice a lot of the waste disposal companies are, are very nervous about uh, having any batteries getting into their waste stream in case they get damaged and cause fire. So the first thing is it's probably fire prevention to start with, right? Uh, so you know, that's why you should separate out your batteries and have them properly recycled in your local uh, shop or your local uh, recycling centre. Uh, but then just from an environmental point of view, you're really looking at uh, the chemicals that are in those batteries yeah. and if they go into landfill and uh, then the, the leachate uh, from those particular uh, batteries can cause trouble to, to the water system. Uh, and then also then there, there are you know, recyclable materials within those batteries, metals and and um, cobalt and, and other kind of rare earth uh, materials. That yeah, I was very surprised to see that. I couldn't believe that. Like, I mean, the cobalt, zinc, nickel, lithium, they're all resources. They're all very, very valuable uh, resources that I didn't realise could actually be recycled from batteries. Yeah, and uh, like we don't do the actual separation here mm. in Ireland of, of those materials. We send them to continental Europe for, for further treatment. But look, batteries is a growing industry. We're using batteries in so many appliances yeah. nowadays, not to mention the new electric vehicle cars and, and the e-scooters you see around the place, but even small things like your electric toothbrush. You know, and would you think at the end of the day, well, when my toothbrush is, is come to its end of life, do I go to the trouble of recycling? So I both have an electric toothbrush and, and a battery. So we're also trying to make aware that there's a lot of electrical appliances out there that run off batteries now that are recharged. The phones were on, the computers were on at the moment, all have rechargeable lithium batteries in those. So when they come to their end of life to make sure that those electric appliances are also recycled, uh, and then the recycling partners will then separate out the batteries and make sure those batteries are recovered. So a lot of good reasons why we need to be recycling our batteries. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. Over 55s are more eco-conscious with just 9% billing, binning batteries. So that's the lowest of all the age categories. Um, and 81% know they do actually contain materials. I love my statistics, Leo. Um, I have to say, I love my statistics. But it's interesting the over 55s are more conscious. Is, do you, is there any reason for that? Is there any rationale? Now, is there any research to the background? I think it's, it's. I think it's just a part of human nature that as we get older, uh, we become more conscious of our environment and, and people around us and everything, mm. life in general. Uh, and we probably have more time. I'd say a lot of that uh, age group now probably in kind of heading towards retirement side and might just have a little bit more time in their hands. But I think it is just that that conscious effort of, of, of understanding that now they're at an age where they're handing the world to another generation, so to speak, yeah. uh, and they want to do the better things. And, and they are. And I suppose it's just life experience has brought them to the, to the area where they know that these materials can be one hazards and two can be recovered. Yeah. Uh, and that's probably up to ourselves and people like yourselves and the radio stations to get that message out to the general public that a lot of material they recycle, you know, there's good, valuable resources. Uh, there's a great stat that goes out there that, look, you know, in a couple of years' time, we'll need two worlds to keep us going to the level of demand we have, you know, for wow. materials. And uh, that that's a true fact. So unless we start recovering what we're already using, then then we lose those resources forever. Yeah. Uh, no, I have to admit, I'm very good. When I get to it, I do actually use. There are recycle bins, aren't there? There are bins in most supermarkets. A lot. Of, I've seen a lot of them in supermarkets. You can actually throw your old batteries into supermarket bins in some of the in some supermarkets. Isn't that right? Yeah. So like you know, recycling containers, we like to refer to them as <laughs> the yeah. bins. But uh, yeah, to look at the. Um, 
all all retailers who sell batteries, even your corner shop, um, have a legal obligation to take okay. them back. So uh, they will take them back, and then some of the bigger supermarkets are better at having bigger containers for taking back the batteries. And and then obviously your civic and media sites, your recycling centres uh, will also take them back. And it's important to note that it's free take back for for batteries, and also it's free take back for electrical waste. So either you go back to your retailer, or you go back to your local authority. Uh, a lot of people think of the good local authority centre they've got to pay, but not if it's just uh, batteries and electrical appliances. Okay, that's really important. Yeah. And then what about, I'm terrible, I'm, I'm going to call out somebody here. Um, I know somebody who hoards batteries. Yeah. It's not a safe thing to do, I take it. Yeah, look, first of all, yeah, we, we wouldn't be recommending that at no. all. So, like, you know, one of the calls that we have is, like, we all have, you know, accumulate our batteries in the drawers and everything else. So, like, if listeners are today, just go around the house, pick up all those old batteries, put them into a box and bring them down to your, your, your local shop or, or the recycling centre. And then, look, if there are, you know, button cells, those little kind of, um, that they're like kind of, I suppose, tempe coins or whatever, um, if you can tape those up because the, the lithium button cells can be quite um, quite easy to, to ignite and uh, we just want to make sure that they don't cause any fire. So if you have any batteries and in doubt, uh, any, any batteries that have exposed uh, tops or positive and negative uh, connection points, just put a quick tape over them and then put them into the battery box. So to put uh, a tape over them, is that what you're saying there? Yeah. Sorry, just to let listeners know, put a tape over it. Yeah, just the connections, the positive and negative connections okay. you might have on, say, D batteries and, and other size batteries, uh, just so that uh, you're reducing the, the possibility of, of any fire, and particularly if it's a lithium battery, you know. So yeah. uh, that's kind of the, the, the latest kind of safety advice that we're giving people. Uh, and uh, yeah, don't leave them lying around the house for, for any length of time, and don't leave them in the sunshine, and don't leave them near children. <laughs> three <laughs> fundamentals when you're gathering up your batteries around the house. And especially yeah. when you get near to Christmas and you have batteries for everything um, uh, for all the for all the toys now Ireland I suppose we have achieved 46% battery recycling and that was in 2021 how are we I mean it's part of a obviously it's part of a EU directive obligations for European countries how do we do compared to other European countries are we doing our best doing our best or doing our bit we're we're doing well. We're we're in in in, in the pack, and uh, we're, you know a lot of countries are hitting the. the it's a forty five percent obligation, but there's a new uh, regulation coming down from the EU, and that'll push the uh, target up to sixty five percent. So we've got two challenges here. Like the the volume of batteries going on the market is increasing dramatically every year. Last year it increased by sixteen percent. Okay, that's a lot. So even though our take back volumes are are growing, we're only just keeping level with what the volume going on the market. So look, we, we, we have a call out there just for if everybody could just recycle two more batteries, the equivalent of two more AA batteries uh, every year uh, than they're doing, already doing, uh, that will help us get to, towards that particular uh, target. But as I said before, there's a lot of batteries in appliances now um, and a lot of products that used to be plug-in products are now battery operator products. So this will be a bigger challenge for, for the people of Ireland as we go forward. So basically the shout out and the call out is basically go to your battery drawer, go to your batteries and dis- and dispose of them in a much more uh, responsible way. And it's uh, it will actually help. It will help us meet our, our, our obligations, as it were. Yeah. And you know, it, it's all for a very good reason. 
uh, both from the health and safety point yeah. of view, environmental point of view, and but sustainable resources. And I think you know, you've heard a lot about the circular economy and the new circular economy bill that came out there just recently from the Irish government. And that's really trying to get us as a society to think of longer products. So rechargeable batteries would be another area where people to look, not and get those throwaway AA batteries to get the rechargeable batteries and get many, many lives out of your battery just by recharging yourself at home. Uh, so sustainability, durability and just creating a, a longer life for products is really another core message out there. Perfect, Leo. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon on The Late Lunch. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Talk to our van specialist, Danny, about the new Renault traffic and master range. Visit blackstonemotors.ie to see our massive range of light commercials with same-day business finance. Now, welcome back to The Late Lunch. This is Irene Gahan sitting in for Jerry Kelly this afternoon. And on the line, we have... Uh, gentleman who called Jesmyn Harding who is a butterfly expert and he's also the author of the Irish Butterfly Book, A Complete Guide to the Butterflies of Ireland. Jesmyn Ty, how are you? Good afternoon Irene and hello to your listeners. Now, um, we all know the traditional butterfly, the only butterfly name I know is uh, an admiral, is that correct? The Red, red Admiral, yeah, it's a, it's a common migrant. It, it, it flies here from southern Europe and probably from North Africa every year. Um, it's vel- it's a kind of a velvety black colour with, with crimson bands on the fore and hind wings. The interesting thing about that species is that it's an indicator of climate change because it's beginning, it's beginning to breed here all year round. Um, oh. Eggs, caterpillars uh, have been found in parts of the coastal areas of Dublin uh, throughout the winter and into spring for about the last 20 years. Uh, that, is, that is a new development. It did not do that in the past. What happened was they came here in spring, like swallows looking for food. They came here in spring, they, they bred, they lay in, lay in sting and nettles, they produce a homegrown generation. That generation might fit in another generation, and in the autumn they migrate back to, to southern Europe. But now a small number of individuals are beginning to see see their way through the Irish winter. So an interest, a very interesting development. Yeah, I didn't realise that within the life cycle of a butterfly that they actually migrate for hundreds and thousands of miles. I never actually realised that about oh, butterflies. Yeah. Well, well, you see, and, and the really bizarre, one of the really bizarre things is that in some species, it's actually the caterpillar that migrates. So we have a group of, of moths in Ireland. Butterflies and moths are the same thing. They're all in the order Lepidoptera. We have a group of moths in Ireland called the tussock moths. And some of the, the caterpillars of the tussock moth have been found drifting in the outer atmosphere. So they're actually drifting on the wind. They're actually migrating thousands of miles, not, not, not hundreds. And there's so, an actual classification, isn't there? I'm, I'm, there's a whole... Cl- moths, you were telling me, moths and butterflies are the same classification. They're technically yeah, the same. Which they're, all, they're, all, they're all members of the order Lepidoptera. And in fact, in, in terms of classifying them scientifically, butterflies are actually placed... In a, within a group of micro, um, between two group, between a few groups of micro moths. So we basically have the group called butterflies, a group called macro moths, and a group called micro moths. Micro moths are, are very, very small. And butterflies 
in terms of their, their relationships within those groups, are actually placed in amongst some of the micro-moths. So they, they, it's like saying a song thrush and a buzzard are not both birds. They're both birds. We all accept that. Mm. Same with butterflies and moths. Um, I suppose in terms of the superficial differences between the most moths, very few moths have clubbed antennae when all butterflies do. Moths have a, a little catch and bristle mechanism that makes the fore and hind wings flap together and very few butterflies have this. And most butterflies are diurnal. They're, they're, they fly during the day, whereas about 95% of our moths fly at night. Although the Red Admiral will also fly at night. I mean, if it's migrating and it's you know, flying across the sea at night, it can't just take a rest in the sea. It has to keep going. So, yeah. so some of our species do, do, butterflies do fly at night as well. And in fact, some of them have turned up, say, in, in light traps used to trap moths. So, for example, small tortoiseshell butterflies, that's the one that hibernates in your, in your house in the, in the folds and the curtains. A lot of people actually call the small tortoiseshell the red admiral, but it's a year-round resident and it, it loves to hibernate in our homes. Yeah. Red admiral butterflies do not actually hibernate. They have no hibernation stage in their life cycle. So butterflies vary hugely according to the species and, and they have different habits. Some hibernate as adults, some don't. Yeah. Um, some have no rest phase. Yeah, and I love the book. The, I, the the beauty I love the thing about love about the book is that I think um, th- is the photographs. Um, they're absolutely beautiful. They're stunning <laughs> photographs. So you've, you know, it was a labour of love. You've gone off. You've gone off, and obviously you've done your research. And there's, um, but you, did you take all the photographs to go with yes, it? Yes, I, I all, all the photographs. I, I took all of them myself. Um, there was a lot of research in the book. About twenty five years of study. Yeah. Um, I've. I have photographs of every Irish butterfly, male and female, and all the life stages. In other words, the egg stage, the caterpillar, the chrysalis, or pupa, and the adult butterfly stage. So some of those photographs were pretty hard to get because we have a butterfly called the purple hair streak. Beautiful purple, deep bluish purple sheen on the wings. Really stunning insect. That lives on the tops of oak trees. Right, Okay. So that would have been really a difficult hard, photograph. <laughs> really tricky to get a photograph yeah. of him, but it took me took me years to get that. But wow. look, it's all there now, and I'm I'm can just. And in Ireland, sorry, Irene, go ahead. No, and and just in Ireland, how many species do we have? I mean, the book right. is beautiful; it's stunning, and it's such a, a comprehensive guide. But in Ireland, how many species? species we we, do have, we have we have thirty five species of butterfly okay. in Ireland, and of that thirty five, three of them are migrants. Okay. They're regular migrants, and the others, some of the others migrate too, but the, all of the others are residents, are year-round residents. So we have 35 species. Our neighbours in Britain have 59, and on the continent of Europe, um, according to the 2010 red list, there were 482, but that's almost certainly higher now. In, in the world... There are about 17,500 species, but in the last 20 years, they've been finding about, discovering about 100 new species a year. So the eventual total is believed to reach about 19,000. You might think to yourself, how are we still finding new yeah. butterflies? Because butterflies are conspicuous. People do see them. And it's not just in the tropics we're finding new butterflies. We're finding new butterflies in Europe. Um, even in the last few years, we've, we've discovered new species here. So we need to be very, very careful in how we're treating our, our environment because we could be wiping out something that we, we don't know exists. Mm-hmm. So even in Ireland, as, as recently as, as around 2011, 
we discovered uh, a new species of wood white butterfly in Ireland. So there, there are still discoveries. I, I feel there are still discoveries to be made. Incidentally, we have, we have 35 butterfly species, but that's dwarfed by the 1,500 or so moth species we have. Okay. Wow, that's so a really lot. massive number and very very few people see moths because they're they're nearly the vast majority are nocturnal. Okay. So we've a wonderful amount of butterflies are a big group about about 10% of the world's insects are butterflies. Okay. And if children were to go out into the garden now tomorrow or over the summer, mm-hmm. what kind of butterflies would they typically see? Well, in a in a good garden with lots of native plants and native trees and shrubs, at the at the moment you can see butterflies like the holly blue, which is a lovely shining lilac blue. That's the butterfly I first fell in love with as a as a four year old boy in a park in Bristol, brought for a walk by my dad. That's the first butterfly I ever remember wow. seeing. That that's out there now. If you see a blue butterfly fluttering over a hedge or into a tree, that's a holly blue. If you see a blue butterfly fluttering over grass, it's the common blue. Okay. Um, the orange tip is a lovely, is a really stunning butterfly. The male has deep, hot orange patches on his forewings, and the rest of the wings are ice white, so you get this fabulous contrast. It looks like someone painted the orange on, like mm-hmm. lovely gloss, you know, high sheen gloss. <laughs> it's really, yeah. really an amazing well, creature. And... Um, the, the, the photographs speckle, in the book are amazing. Out now too, so he's he's a lovely chocolate brown, yeah. dappled with cream spots. So he he's he's an attractive fellow. Hedges and sh- and shrubberies where you get him. So a lot of a lot of colour going on. Um, look, there are photographs. They're absolutely stunning, and the book is wonderful. Um, Jasmine, really, thank you so much. The author of the Irish Butterfly Book: A Complete Guide to Butterflies um, of Ireland. Thank you so much for joining us this thanks, afternoon. Irene, and th- thanks, thanks for the for the chance to showcase our our beautiful butterfly heritage now lovely thanks lovely talking to you the late lunch with blackstone motors drawdown and dog and cabin test drive the new Renault arcana or the fully electric zoe guaranteed delivery low apr finance and 48 hour test drive visit blackstonemotors.ie welcome back it is of course uh, eurovision week and I am a very, very big Eurovision fan. And Louise has been, you know, winding me up about it all week. She thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> you have but the popcorn bought for tonight. I am sorted for tonight. Um, tonight is the semi-final Phones of Eurovision. Phones will be turned off from what time? Oh, it's def- eight o'clock. That's it. <laughs> like, don't, no one even think of talking to me after that. I'll ring you. <laughs> <laughs> so we've ten finalists to go through from tonight to the final that's on Saturday. And our, the Irish entry... Uh, so it's ten who, out of 18, so that's quite... 10 out of 18 okay. yeah so there's 10 from the first one 10 from the second semi-final and then obviously there's the big five uh, that go through mm. automatically as well that's unfair <laughs> no they pay for it okay <laughs> um, so Ireland has been represented by uh, Brooke Scullion a 23 year old uh, lady from Derry and I have to say I had never heard her sing before but I was listening to her she um, was on the one voice. of the voice in the oh. UK on the, and she came in third so I was listening to her it's earlier Megan on Trainor. Her Megan Trainor Megan Trainor was her, her coach but her voice is absolutely stunning absolutely amazing so song. 
it's it actually a, is a good song. Really, really but good it's song. Only, what, what are the odds? We're not 250 we're not, mm. to 1. So uh, Ukraine, Italy and the UK are now the odds on favourite to win. But personally, I do like the Netherlands and Greece. But our, so our Eurovision song for today, just to celebrate the day that's in it, it is going to be um, the Irish, uh, Irish entry, Brooke Scullion with That's Rich. So we're going to play that for you now. Go Team Ireland. Absolutely. And that is the Irish entry for the Eurovision this evening. And we would like to wish you the very, very best of luck. What do you think, Louise? Do we have a chance? I think it's a great song. I think it's I good. Like Catchy. It. I like it. Yeah, we'll have to see. So up after the break, we have, up after lunch, we have a conversation. We have guests to talk about volunteering. Have you ever wanted to volunteer or do you volunteer? Uh, we'll be talking about that after the lunch. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Talk to our van specialist, Danny, about the new Renault traffic and master range. Visit blackstonemotors.ie to see our massive range of light commercials with same-day business finance. Job. Now, welcome back. Millbrook Foods have been supplying the hospitality industry for over 100 years. And now they've opened a general uh, to the general public at the Millbrook Market, Kennedy Road in Navan, enabling you to enjoy restaurant quality food in your own home. And to celebrate the launch of this exciting new store all this week, you'll have the chance to win a €100 Euro Millbrook voucher on the LMFM Facebook page. And you can come along and join us on Saturday week, the 21st of May, as we broadcast live from the new store at Kennedy Road in Navan. Now, Louise, we have a competition winner, and our competition winner for the two tickets for Dundalk Stadium is Peter McLaughlin. Congratulations, we will get those tickets to you. Earlier, we were talking about bucket list things and things that we've done, and Louise has things a that little. We haven't done. <laughs> things that we haven't done. Louise has a one on her bucket list that I think everyone should know about. I think everyone should be warned about more than that. What's yours, Louise? I, think I should stop telling all you presenters things. <laughs> <laughs> go on. I just mentioned to you that I would love to go to a football match, and in the middle of it, just throw in about six footballs and see what happens. <laughs> Okay, sure, you're going nowhere. Your kids won't no, let you no, go. Oh, be, your kids won't let near You won't styles. be let near anywhere. Well, one of the comments that we got earlier on were from a listener. She sent it. They sent in. Uh, I managed to tick a few things off my bucket list. I went scuba diving in the Great Barrier Reef. I went in a helicopter over the Grand, the Great Ocean Road. Swam with dolphins and went on a camel ride, which is very very impressive. But apparently, not to be. She had third degree burns on her feet a large jellyfish fight and um, chased by a snake <laughs> so I think I'd like the first few a dream holiday yeah I'd like the first few things I don't think I'd like the second few things that would be uh, well she's made loads of memories that's it you're not going to forget that too soon now our drive song for this afternoon um, is Louise do you want to give our drive song for the afternoon Eye of the Tiger by Survivor oh I love it yeah the Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drawdad and Dog and Cabin. Test drive the new Renault Arcana or the fully electric Zoe. Guaranteed delivery, low AP or finance and 48-hour test drive. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie. 
Now, National Volunteering Week is celebrated across Ireland in May every year and this year the celebration will kick off here in County Loud on the 14th of May with an online exploring volunteering session looking at the breadth of volunteering roles. uh, roles. And on the line now is Olivia Conlon from Volunteering Loud and Paul Clear. Olivia, we'll go to you first. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Welcome to the show. So what is Volunteering Week all about? Uh, so it's just a chance to celebrate our volunteers um, all across the country. So um, each county will be doing something um, and it's just an opportunity to thank the volunteers for the absolutely incredible work that they do and to promote volunteering in general. And this is your first in-person leadership seminar since 2019 yeah, in Dunleer. Yeah. There's one being held in Dunleer as well on the 17th of May, on Tuesday the 17th yeah. of May. So it'll be your first one after pre-COVID, yeah. post-COVID. Yeah, yeah, it's our first one. Um, now, so we're really looking forward to it. So uh, that's for organisations that involve volunteers to come along and it's a chance for them to, to network with each other and, and just kind of share what they've been doing and, and plans for the future. And then there will be um, a couple of different talks on the day as well. So it's really exciting. And is there many people volunteering across Loud? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like this year alone, we, we've already had a huge number of new volunteers uh, registering. It was a little bit slow at the start of, start of the year. Just with COVID and that, I think people were still a bit nervous. But yeah, everything's really picking up now. And there's loads of new roles available. And um, if people head to volunteerlive.ie, they can look at the roles available local to them. Um, they can register with us there and they can even they can drop into the office uh, on Bolton Street and the staff there would be more than happy to, happy to help them um, have a look at what roles are available. Yeah, and it's very flexible as well. I mean, it's, it's, I presume it's for all different age. What ages would you typically see volunteering? Yeah, so for us, um, over, once you're over 15, you can register with us once you have parental consent. Um and yeah, like we, we'd have every age bracket and it's, it's very flexible. I mean, you would have your regular roles um, that you might do once a week and then there's one-off roles for people that maybe that, that suits them better. Um, so there's, there's definitely, there's absolutely something there for everyone. Yeah, I was looking on the website earlier. It's great. There's people, they're looking for uh, volunteers for the Drogheda Special Olympics Club, the East Coast Family Resource Centre, yeah. Drogheda River Rescue, Mead Volunteer. So it's quite a range. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm just uh, about to put um, a load more active that we got today for um, Pride that's happening in August. So there's loads of roles coming up for that as well. Um, but yeah, there, there just be a huge variety and there's constantly new stuff coming up. So uh, like, there's definitely something out there for everyone. It's worth having a look through and, and seeing if there's something that y- you'd like to give a go. And do you have to have any qualifications, or it, you, do you match? Do you match the volunteer with the with the group? No, like, like everyone, everyone has something to offer. Um, like we're all good at something, and you know it's a matter of looking through and and seeing what suits you. But volunteering is an absolutely fantastic opportunity to learn new skills, um, and it's a really good way to to learn new skills and try something new and and see if it's something that you enjoy. And Paul is with you there. Paul, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? How did you tell us your story? How did you get into volunteering? Well, I. Uh, I was out of work for quite some time through ill health and I was sitting at home looking at four square walls going absolutely nuts <laughs> and uh, 
when the flag came around in 2018, I said, I'm not going to sit around here. I'm going to get out and do something. And I went up and asked, could I volunteer during the FLA? And that's where it all started. Wow. And what kind of things did you end up doing? What did you, was it just, the, what kind of things did you end up doing? Uh, was it lots of different groups or? Uh, no, I'm mostly with, uh, during the flower, I was actually inside oh, as an indoor ambassador. But through that, uh, I ended up being on the meet and greet team up in the hospital here in the Lords. Oh, very wonderful. Uh, which uh, the, the, the meet and greet team uh, is what it sounds. Uh, you meet people, you greet them, and you bring them to whatever department they need to go to. And what do you get out of it? I mean, I'd say there must be a great sense of, um, you know, achievement and things from from doing it, and a great a, a great sense of um, looking after people. So, but what do you get out of it? What do you find that it's what rewards you get out of it? Uh, meeting different people every day from all walks of life, from every country you can think of. <laughs> Literally, no two days are the same. Actually, no hour is the same. I was going to say that. I'd imagine if you're if you're doing meet and greet up there, it would be a very, very yeah. different all the time. Yep. Yeah. And through the meet and greet uh, system, which I've been up there since 2018, I went on and retrained as a healthcare assistant. Oh, wow. And I'm up here in, I don't know if you know, the Drogheda Community Service Centre. I do as a healthcare assistant now. Congratulations, that's brilliant. So it's you started off as a volunteer in the FLA and this yeah. is where you are now. Yes, and it's a big change for me because I was 30 years a chef. So that's a very, very big change, very, very big change. And you're, enjo- you're enjoying it. You sound like you're enjoying it. I love every minute of it. It's great. And it gets me out of the house and I'm meeting different people every day. That's brilliant. Now, Olivia, how can people get involved? I think Paul's story is great and it's a, a real uh, way of getting people into volunteering. It's a really inspiring way of uh, getting people into volunteering. So how do people uh, how do people go and volunteer for you? How do they get involved? Yeah, so they can head to our website, uh, volunteerloud.ie, um, and they can register there to become a volunteer. Um, from that then they can have a look on our website and see what volunteer roles um, are available. We also have an office in Drogheda on Bolton Street where the old motor tax office was. Um, so people, we're open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, and people can drop in there too to register. We can help them look at the website, see is there any roles that, that takes their interest. That's- um, or they can give us a call on Olivia and Paul thank you so much for being with us this afternoon we will leave that there thank you very much thank you now I'd like to thank everybody who contributed to the show today and I'd like to thank Louise who is helping me push the buttons and keep me on the straight and narrow that's all from the late lunch today we'll hear you tomorrow again talk to you again tomorrow here's a cool fact A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.